The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When a young woman steps on a human tooth while walking through her living room, she's forced to ask herself the question, what in the world? How did this get here? Whose tooth is this? This is a grown adult's tooth. And that leads us on a bizarre journey into the world of the paranormal and perverted dentists. And then we meet a young man who stumbles across an illegal video on a porn site. And doing what any good citizen should do, he reported it to law enforcement. But when the psychic spies and the black helicopters began to follow him home, he realized he made a grave mistake. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun. I hope you guys don't have a problem hearing stories about human teeth and teeth falling out. Because if you do, do, this first segment is not for you. But before we even get started, longtime supporters of the show, probably not anymore since they're part of the Notorious Teeth episode Walking into Dead Rabbit Command, generous, generous contributors during the Thanksgiving live stream. Everybody give it up for Nick Buston and Helena. Woohoo! Yeah, come on into Dead Rabbit Command. Helena? One of the two. I'm pretty sure it's Helena. I get it wrong. I get it wrong every single time. <laughs> Anyways, Nick Buston and Helena, you guys are going to be our captains, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That really, really helps out so much. So Nick and Helena, let's go ahead and toss you guys the... Oh, here's a new one. The Rabbit Water Skis. Helena and Nick... We're going to strap into these rabbit water skis. We're going to go on a journey out of Dead Rabbit Command. Ski us all the way out to an old house in the middle of the field. Wee! 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 I can't think of another sound effect for skis, right? I don't know what skis sound like. I've never been skiing. We get out there to this old field. This is a story that I found online, so we don't have the real name. We don't have an exact location. We do have some exact dates, though, which which is pretty cool. It was posted online by someone going by the handle ScaryNews314. We're just going to call her Pamela. And she says, so where she lives, there's a field that a long time ago, her grandpa built this house in the middle of this field on this plot of land. And the house burned down in 2018. House is gone, but now the family lives in a double-wide trailer on this property. So this is the location of this story. It's May 1st, 2021. Pamela, who I believe is a teenager, late teenager, is walking through her living room, and all of a sudden, ow! What? Just stepped on something in my living room. She looks down, 
and she sees underneath her bare foot a human tooth. She picks it up, she's looking at it, and this is a large tooth. She said it looked like a molar, and it was an adult tooth. Now, her and her sister, they've already lost all their teeth. They're way too old to be losing baby teeth. And the mom and the dad, the mom and the dad are definitely too old to be losing baby teeth. She's sitting there and she's looking at this molar and she's like, "What? where did this come from? So she asks around. Hey, mom, dad, did you guys lose, lose any teeth today? Well, look at this. I found a tooth in the middle of the carpet. And none of the parents, the sister, nobody lost a tooth that day or any of the previous days. This large adult tooth just appeared out of nowhere. And that would be a mystery in and of itself. That would be one of the most shocking... Well, okay, maybe, maybe that's happened it up too much. This is the most amazing story ever on this podcast. If I was walking around and I stepped on a human tooth in my apartment, there would be no logical reason. Like, I couldn't even think of something of why there would be a human tooth sitting in the middle of my apartment. My first thing I would think of would be a ghost. Be a ghost. Drop this tooth off. But that's not the end of the story. Pamela thought it was. Her whole family thought it was. They just thought it was a bizarre... Mis- how Actually, not, I, actually, how would you sleep at night? How would you even be able to sleep calmly or soundly at night if there was a human tooth found in the middle of your house? I remember once I said a long time ago on the podcast, what's spookier if you came home and let's say you have your throw pillows on your couch. I have two throw pillows on my couch. I go, what would be creepier? If I came home and one of my throw pillows was missing? Or if I came home and there was a brand new throw pillow on my couch? Like, what would be creepier? And pretty much, I, I go, I think it's even. People go, no, it's the second one. Because <laughs> the first one, if something's missing, you can always go... I must have lost it. It'd be kind of hard to lose a pillow, but I must have lost it. But if there's a new item in your house, you know, isn't supposed to be there, then that's proof that somebody else is walking around in your house. This is that, but it's also a tooth. It's also a a living or piece of a living person is now in your house. Anyway, somehow these people didn't immediately set fire to their double wide and leave the area they kept living there, probably because probably because they don't overreact to finding things. But anyway, so they find this human tooth in their living room on May 1st, 2021. Let's fast forward a year and 21 days, oddly enough. We're in May 22nd, 2022. Pamela's dad has taken a shower. He's washing up. Oh, yeah, rubbing the soap on his body. Yeah, this is how you take a shower, man. Super relaxing. It's hot. Yes, this is the life. And then... Ow! And he looks down. He looks down in the shower. He's just stepped on a tooth. A large adult human tooth in his shower. At this point, Pamela's going online. Pamela first posted this on May 22nd. was like, hey, listen, a year ago we found the tooth. We kind of just brushed it off. No pun intended. But now we found another tooth. Like the first one, the first one you could probably excuse. Maybe, well, you know what? A lot of people said maybe Rat brought it in. That appears to be, 
a common thing in the middle of nowhere. Rats carrying human teeth and depositing them. A lot of people said maybe rats are carrying them in, but you know, you you might you might be able to write off finding one human tooth in your house that shouldn't be there. But now she's found, or the family has found two human teeth. Right? Two human teeth. She posts online that day. She goes, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's causing this. And really, there have been no this she posted this back on May 22nd, 2022. There's been no other posts about it. She went back to her normal posting history. So I don't think it's a LARP. I don't think it's anything like that. An ARG. Could be though, right? But it's interesting because I was reading that and I I think I'm like most people. Teeth, anything that has to do with teeth, it doesn't gross me out, but I don't like it. Like horror movies where people are getting like their teeth chiseled out. Or I'm not going to keep describing I'm not going to keep describing horror movies I've seen where people get their teeth damaged. Although The Dentist 2 was was pretty good. I'm not a big fan of teeth torture. I don't like seeing teeth get pulled out in movies. Or in real life. (laughs) As well as like, oh, but if I'm there, (laughs) get those pliers ready. No, I don't like seeing... I think that's pretty normal. I think most people don't like teeth destruction. But I read that, obviously, so this story was like, oh, this is gross. I want to talk about it on my podcast. But I'm reading the comments. I wanted to read what other people were saying about what this could be. Because I would, I I could only think paranormal, right? There's no, I didn't even know rats carried around teeth. (laughs) Templeton the rat has a little necklace of human teeth that he drops off every now and then. People did say rats carrying in teeth. That was like, and maybe they do. Maybe it's in a field, right? Their house, their double white is in the middle of a field. So that could be. Some people said paranormal. Uh, One person posted a story about they were sitting on the toilet one day and they heard a clickety-clack noise like someone had dropped something. And at first she thought it was her earring that had fallen off and she looked down and there was a tooth laying there in the middle of the bathroom. So it could be a paranormal thing. She said they started to see like, or they started to hear a little boy in the middle of the night go boo while they were trying to fall asleep. Could be, right? That could possibly be it. You also had people saying maybe there's like a hobo. Maybe there's a bum hiding in the attic. And when he walks around in the middle of the night while you're all sleeping, (laughs) he loses a tooth. He loses his tooth. Now, they didn't know it was a double wide. She added that detail later through comments of her own. The double wides don't have attics. That would actually be, I think, creepier than paranormal. I'd rather have a little boy whisper in my ear "boo" every now and then, than to know that there's some meth, than to know there's some meth head just feet above my head, and in the middle of the night he sneaks out and he's like, "Ah, I eat a piece of food, I leave a tooth." That that is the bums code. That is our currency. We call it Bitcoin. <laughs> so, anyways, anyways. I was reading all this stuff. And then as I'm reading through this stuff, people go, maybe it's rat. There's a lot of rats, rat-related stuff, honestly. Someone goes, maybe it's rats carrying the teeth out of the walls. And there is this link. I never heard of this. Apparently, this was a fairly big story. This happened back in 20... Okay, maybe not fairly big story. There's a lot of stuff going on in 2018. Nick and Helena, let's go ahead and fire up the Jason Jalopy. Drive us all the way out to Valdosta, Georgia. It's October 2018. These construction workers, they're renovating the TB Converse building. It's a building built in 1900. 
And the first occupant of the building was a dentist named Dr. Clarence Whittington. But he's long dead, right? He was working there back in 1900. He's dead. The building's getting renovated, and these construction workers are like, bring the sledgehammer over, Barney. Let's take down this wall. And on the second floor of this building, they're knocking down a wall, and they find... It's an estimate, right? But I don't think they they sat and counted them out. But an estimated 1,000 human teeth hidden in the wall. And the construction workers are like, what in the world is this? Like, there are other construction workers. They find gold coins in the wall or stacks of cash. We found almost a thousand human teeth coming out of this wall. And what's interesting about this, there's so many interesting things about this. One, this isn't the first time this has happened in Georgia. There are two other cities, Greensboro, Georgia, and Carleton, Georgia that also had the same thing happen. They were historic buildings that long ago the previous occupant was a dentist. And in modern times when they were renovating them, when they smashed the wall in, they found a lot of teeth. A lot of teeth. It's I wasn't able to find... The, every article that talks about the Valdosta teeth find... They always mention, they all mention Greensboro and Carlton, but I wasn't able to find an article that predated the Valdosta find, right? All these teeth. It's very interesting. They're like, oh, this isn't the first time it's happened. It happened in these two other cities, but I wasn't able to find any articles. I wasn't even able to find some exact numbers of how many teeth were found in those walls. But then the question is, why are dentists putting teeth in walls? Like, is that a thing? It's not, by the way, I googled it. It's not like some ancient tradition. It's not like a barber has to keep his first lock of hair. No. It's just some pervert, some pervert was doing this. And I also have to ask, a thousand teeth? I would argue that most modern dentists throughout their career don't pull a thousand teeth. I doubt they even see a thousand patients over their career. What is a dentist see? Three to five people a day. So let's say 25 people a week. How many of those are getting their teeth pulled? You do you do the math. You do the math. I'm not good at math. I don't know how he... These, and it's old-timey dentist, right? So you could go there and be like, Ah, oh, I got some beef jerky stuck in my teeth. He's like, time for a pulling. I'm going to pull some teeth. Like, back in the 1900s, they probably were pulling a lot of teeth. But a thousand of them... And they're stuffing them in the walls. It's, it sounds like some weirdo sex thing. It sounds like some serial killer type of thing. Anyways, there's three buildings in total in Georgia where they found teeth hidden in the walls by a previous dentist. So it could just be some weirdo Georgia sex dental cult going on. Could be everywhere. Could be everywhere. There could be a secret society of dentists that are pulling people's teeth out and putting them in the wall. So, of course, <laughs> this story took way longer for me to research than I thought it would. I thought I was just going to read about a girl finding two teeth in her house and how disturbing that was. Of course, I had to type in, is there a fetish for teeth? And of course there is. Of course there is. It's called 
odontoophilia, odontoophilia, which makes sense, right? Orthodontics, odontoophilia. And if you ask somebody like, you never, you never would you never ask someone this in public be like hey what would you think a fetish for teeth would be and, I, and i'm gonna tell you something when i saw this i never knew this existed but i'm sure that it did i go fetish for teeth now it's probably something that i wouldn't expect it's probably because so, i don't find teeth particularly sexy and no matter what, I, I remember thinking this as I was typing it into Google. I go, no matter what I find, no matter how many BuzzFeed articles or whatever try to sugarcoat this, and make it seem like it's totally natural, it will involve pulling people's teeth out. It 100% will be destructive. So I'm Google searching this. I find this term odontoophilia. Sure enough. I mean, actually, it wasn't BuzzFeed, surprisingly. It was menshealth.com did a big interview with someone who has a tooth fetish, and they're like, yeah, dude, pulling them out. <laughs> pulling out people's teeth <laughs> gets me off. What is that so insane? Because you can only do, a, you have a fetish that really you can only do about 32 times, and then you're done with the person. All their teeth are gone. I've never understood destructive fetishes. I don't, fetishes are just weird anyways, but those destructive ones where they're like, I want to be eaten alive. It's like, okay, but we can only do this one time. You're not coming back from this. Is it possible that you had some crazy fetish sex cult in Georgia of these dentists, these old-timey dentists with the handlebar mustaches and the little dapper hats, and they're really just like walking around being like, Free dentistry, free dentistry, come to my place. I mean, it's free, but I will pull all your teeth out. And they're like, what? Uh, I don't like that last part. And they were hiding these teeth in the wall. I can't think of another reason why you'd be hiding nearly a thousand teeth in your wall. Fascinating story. Maybe a couple of you have a tooth fetish. Maybe this was your I'm going to get reviews most erotic episode ever. Creepy story, too. Fascinating and creepy. Where are the teeth coming from in this young girl's house? We may never know. I guess the best answer is I guess the best answer is rats are carrying them in from somewhere. But who knows? Maybe they'll end up posting again. Nick and Helena, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind Georgia. We each have full jewelry of human teeth now <laughs> even if you don't want it i'm like here you go you gotta wear this to keep listening to the podcast we're leaving behind georgia take us all the way out to a suburban neighborhood <laughs> this is another story i came across online i got this one from the x board so it does have the same limitations we don't have the exact name which i understand people not using their exact name i do get that i understand people not revealing their location but we're going to go ahead and call this guy Phil. Lives somewhere in the United States. A sleepy suburban neighborhood, possibly. It's November 2019. And Phil is on X-Videos. X-Videos is a porn website where you can watch free pornography. X-Videos is one of those websites where anyone can upload stuff. And he says, I was on this porn site and I came across a video of an underage girl being sexually assaulted, and then murdered on video. It shocked him. It would shock anyone, right? And so he reports it to the FBI. Sends the video link over to the FBI. 
hoping they can at least take the video down, the very least, and at the very most, you know, bring the perpetrators to justice. But Phil goes, I don't know why I did this. I don't know why I did this. I sent it to the FBI. This is definitely an FBI issue. They have an entire team dedicated to taking down this type of pornography and obviously murderers as well. He goes, I also sent it to the CIA. He goes, I don't know why I did that, but that was my mistake. I never should have sent it to the CIA. Shortly afterwards, shortly after reporting this video, Phil begins to hear voices in his head. He said these voices were telling me that I was a pedophile. He's hearing these voices in his head calling him a pedophile, and the voices are telling them the only way will go away is if you... I don't know if they're rhyming again. I don't know if it's like super spooky or if it's just voice going like, hey, you're a pedophile. The voices... I don't know if it was sing-songy. The voices said... The only way we will stop, we are going to keep talking in your head, the only way we'll stop is if you go to the local mental hospital, voluntarily check yourself in, and then tell a psychologist that you are a pedophile. Because you are one. And if you don't do that, we're going to just keep telling you you're a pedophile anyways until you do what we say. So let's just cut to the chase. Do what we say. Go to the hospital. Check yourself in. Admit you're a pedophile. And Phil is hearing these voices for months. They're basically taking over his life. He's trying to go about his daily business. You're at the grocery store trying to buy some watermelon, put it on the scale, and all of a sudden, hey, dude, you're a pedophile. Pedophiles don't get watermelon. Go to the mental hospital, chuck yourself in, tell people you're a pedophile, and we'll leave you alone. Just do it. He's playing tennis. It's a very, very competitive match. Hey, I know you're thinking about tennis right now, but guess what, dude? You're a pedophile. Pedophiles don't get to play tennis. Put down your racket. I don't know if they were that specific either. I don't know if they were tailored to the activity. But anyways, the point is is that he was getting this constant harassment. He was a pedophile. He was hearing the voices in his head. And this becomes so bad that... He's having a hard time maintaining a job. He's in college. He's having a hard time getting through his classes. This psychic harassment keeps going on and on and on. And at first, I don't know if he makes the connection that this is related to the CIA. But he does start to realize that the reason why he's getting harassed is because he sent to the CIA. Because now he's seeing black helicopters fly around his house. He also will see suspicious vehicles parked across the street. Phil, at this point, he's lost his job. He's kicked out of college. He's lost all of his money, he says. I I don't know. Maybe he was just, like, buying watermelons. (laughs) He's buying all the watermelons. It's like, the voices can't tell me what to do. And I'm going to invest in that tennis academy that I've always wanted to go to. So he has no money. He moves back in with his parents. His sister... I'm, I'm patching this together, obviously. I'm taking this thing that he posted on the X board... And trying to make some sort of sense because his writing starts to become a little more incoherent. If you can believe believe that, the writing becomes a little more incoherent as the um, responses go on. But he says, I don't know if his sister lives with him or his sister was just visiting. But he says, my sister, she was actually 
preparing to be a teacher. She was preparing to be a teacher, but instead, she's been turned into a psychic weapon against me. Phil goes, I'll be sitting there, and I can actually feel her stress level from across the room. I can feel the anxiety build up in her head. I can sense the pressure inside of her getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's actually tuning itself. All of this psychic anguish that she's going through is tuning itself into some sort of beam or some sort of force that is directed at him. He says, it's either going to kill me or make me kill myself or make me go psychotic. Because I'm clearly not psychotic now. He also mentions that his sister will begin to imitate him. Which is absolutely fascinating. Again, if we're talking about a delusion, delusions can come in all shapes and forms. But if she's imitating him, now we're looking at something like a shared delusion, right? An inherited madness. Folly adieu is the term. But yeah, I think he's probably just hallucinating this. But he's sitting there, and when she does something that's similar to him, she he's seeing that as her being fine-tuned as this psychic weapon. It's interesting, too, where he says she was she was preparing to be a teacher. The, the guy obviously stopped posting at a certain point, and he's never returned, as far as we know, to the export. It's interesting to note, did she also drop out of college? Was he causing so much chaos in the household that she also had to come back home? Or is she also having this madness? We don't know. It's an interesting detail. She was preparing to be a teacher, but it could also just be a grammatical thing. He mentions that his sister, as a weapon, is different than the Screamies. And that's in quote, the Screamies. Never... Tells us what a screamy is. But um, I kind of no, want to know more of the lore. It's probably just some delusion. Some thing that he's made up. Now, here's the thing. We talk a lot about gang stalking on this show. Phil takes the extra step. Phil takes the extra step where he gets so enraged at the psychic warfare that the CIA is directing at him, and at this point he 100% believes it's the CIA, that he writes a letter, or probably an email, it doesn't really matter, it's illegal either way. Earlier this year, earlier in 2022, he sent a death threat to Avril Haines, Madam Avril Haines. She's the Director of National Intelligence. She basically... It's a cabinet-level position that oversees all of the military intelligence groups, like naval intelligence, space force intelligence, stuff like that. He sent her a death threat. Which, I'll be honest, I would probably pay money to read. I would would find it absolutely fascinating to see what he said in that letter. I'm not condoning it, obviously, but I'm so curious because I'm really having to take... This whole story off of maybe five paragraphs he wrote online, and I would like to see more about this delusional state. And because he did that, he got arrested. He was arrested. He was thrown in a mental hospital for about a week. He got arrested, and then he was thrown in a mental hospital, which was where the voices were telling him to go in the first place. 
They put him on antipsychotics. But he said the voices never went away. Even with the medication, they never went away. He was only held in the mental hospital for a week. And then he was returned back to the care of his parents. In the hospital, they were giving him the antipsychotics. I don't know if he's still in the antipsychotics today. I mean, based on the fact based on the fact that he was posting this online, it's unlikely he goes, but it doesn't matter. Like, even when I was on the antipsychotics, I still heard the voices. I was in the mental hospital, and the voices were just as clear as they ever were, and they said, the only way we're going to leave you alone, dude, the only way we've been telling you this all this time, from 2019 to today, Check yourself into a mental hospital voluntarily. Tell a psychologist there you're a pedophile. That's all you need to do. And we will stop. We will leave you alone. He ends his initial post by saying, I'm not a pedophile. Also, never report crimes to the CIA. It's interesting, you know, obviously it's scary and sad that he could just be having a schizophrenic episode. In the world of paranormal, it could be some sort of covert CIA operation. But, you know, the thing is, is like they had him. They had when he wrote a letter to the director of national intelligence, like they could have buried him under eight layers of antipsychotics and strapped down to a bed and had all this paperwork ready to go and he could still be in the mental hospital to this day. If the CIA was truly behind it, they wouldn't need him to admit it. Him him breaking the law by writing that letter would be enough to have him thrown into the system, right? You couldn't say you're going to be in the system for the rest of your life because you wrote this letter, but once they're in the system, you could have had a CIA agent posed as a doctor saying we need to keep him here for so long. And they could have kept him there. They had him, right? What's interesting, and I had not thought about this. I thought this was a really even more creepy, even more depressing story. Like, obviously, the most depressing is that he's having a psychotic break. Because that can take years and years to help, and it's hard to convince somebody that they're insane and that they need medical help. Maybe, maybe not call them insane, but that they need medical help when they believe the medical establishment is part of the problem. Right? That, that, that's the saddest one, because we see it all the time. I was thinking the idea the CIA would actually be behind this would be the creepiest one, but reading a couple of the different responses to this guy, someone posted one that's that's actually way creepier. Way creepier. And it goes back to what we talked about during the Thanksgiving livestream special. Rico in Acapulco wanted to know more about info hazards. Are you going to do more episodes about info hazards? And info hazards, we've done a couple before. Like the despair code is an info hazard. It's basically information, whether it be a sentence or just a word or it's a video or a phone call or I'll try to put some of those episodes in the show notes. The one with the phone call, that was a really creepy, creepy story. But info hazards, we see them in popular culture like the ring video. If you get this information... It causes you to go psychotic. It causes you to snap and start murdering everyone around you. It just causes you to die. Info hazards is the term. Very, very popular subgenre of the paranormal world. Super rare. Super rare. Legitimate ones are incredibly rare. 
I think they're probably rare for two reasons. Assuming that they're real, right? I, I think there probably are things that we could quantify as info hazards. I think they're pretty rare because they're probably very hard to survive. If you come across that, all of the paranormal stories we've ever heard are told from survivors or witnesses who saw this type of thing. And so it gives us a skewed world view of the paranormal. We never hear the stories of the person who got ripped to shreds by a cryptid that's never been seen because everyone who sees it dies. And so info hazards may have a super high mortality rate. Or even just to drive you mad. A lot of HP Lovecraft stuff kind of dealt with info hazards. So looking at this one, I was looking at some of the responses for this story. I found this one. It was super interesting. This guy goes, it's possible by viewing this video, you gained a psychic link with the murderer. Like the watching the video itself created, it's such a shocking, it's so inhumane that it does completely just reset your brain. You're watching something that shouldn't exist. You're watching something that should not be. Shouldn't happen at all, let alone on video. You're watching this video and basically a psychic link was created between Phil and the murderer in the video. And what Phil is experiencing is the guilt and self-loathing of the man in the video. He's basically projecting all of his sins and all of his self-hatred out into the people who are watching the video. Now, in the world of the paranormal, that's something that is possible. You would wonder, was the guy doing it on accident? I mean, obviously, he wasn't committing the act on accident, but was he sending out this psychic blast accidentally, or does the video itself act as some sort of spell, some sort of way to cleanse him of guilt that the video itself actually has the properties. He does this on video. He never feels bad about it because he's actually projecting all of his guilt onto everyone who's watching it. You have to wonder, like, if the CIA is not involved in this, this guy's not having a psychotic episode, if a thousand people watch this video, are they also experiencing the same thing that Phil is? Are they actually getting the feelings of guilt and self-hatred that was coming from the murderer in that video? It's basically a psychic landmine. And so all of that thing saying, just go to the mental hospital, check yourself in, and admit that you're a pedophile. That's what the killer's thinking. Get help, dude. Get help. You're, you're just a monster. Get help. But he's projecting that out, and other people are picking up on it, and they're being haunted by it. The big question would be, is it on purpose? Is the video itself some sort of incantation, some sort of ritual to spread this so he can continue to go on this evil path and feel no guilt. And then the other option that this poster put forward is that he could actually, we could be talking about the spirit of the girl in the video haunting him. Because while Phil says he didn't mean to click on this, right? He wasn't searching for this material. You can come across it on websites like X video. You just unfortunately just one click away from these types of, you can go from something that's legitimate to something like this 
and a click on one of these websites, right? He says he didn't mean to do it, but if you had the girls... And it sounds tacky, right? Talking about that. Well, we don't know if it's real, like a real life crime, but probably is, unfortunately. It's kind of tacky. But I'm going to keep talking about it because it's just from paranormal levels. It's fascinating. If this girl's spirit, she doesn't know why anyone's watching the video. Right? She, she doesn't know. She just knows the video is being watched. And it's not the killer's psyche that's being spread out to everyone who watches the video but the girls the girl who is going her death triggered this nuclear explosion of pure raw psychic vengeful energy and anyone who watches the video is now cursed until they do what the voices say they will hear them they will hear them for the rest of their lives until they do what the voices say and that is the girl's judgment She doesn't care if you accidentally clicked on it. She doesn't care if it's the 10th time you watched it that day. All are guilty. All will be purged. Either one's possible. The kid also could be having a psychotic episode. The CIA may be involved. It's a terrifying story. It's a terrifying story. Whatever the origin of it is, Phil is faced with a choice. He can do what the voices say, or the torment continues. And that's a tough choice. That really is a a tough choice. In his case, the voices aren't telling him to hurt anybody or kill anyone or to walk into a supermarket and start shooting people or anything like that. But they're telling him to admit to something that he says he is not. He's 100%. He says he is not a pedophile. And the voices are saying to admit to it. And not just to admit to it. Not just to yell it out loud from a rooftop. Which would be bad enough. To go to a psychologist and admit to it. To check yourself in a mental hospital. Voluntarily. I think that's so interesting. That they don't want him to just be admitted. They want him to voluntarily do it. And then say. I'm a pedophile. Because that will change the course of his life. And he says that he's not one, that he accidentally came across this video. And he's not one. He's not one. But the voices tell him this is the only way we'll stop. And this has gone on for three years at this point. It's a terrifying story. It's a terrifying story of what's out there. Not only on the outskirts of the internet, but on some of the biggest websites. Some of the most highly trafficked websites in the world. You have this type of garbage out there. Plus, the danger of info hazards. Those pieces of media that are out there that can, just by viewing it a single time, completely ruin your life. Not just because of the content, but because of the psychic energy connected to it. I think in a way, Phil may hope that the CIA is behind this. That may be the only thing he can really hold on to as far as some sort of life preserver of sanity. Because if the CIA is behind this, there's a reason for it. There's a logic behind it. The CIA is after him because he reported this and they had some hidden hand in this industry. 
And maybe they'll come to admire his gumption. Maybe they'll come to look at him and say, well, he never broke. We gave him three years of torture and he never, ever admitted to it. Let's go ahead and shut down that program and let Phil be Phil. Because if he is truly cursed by the vengeful spirit of a young child killed in the most inhumane way, there is no release from that. It will haunt him until the day he dies, or until he does what the voices say. But the problem with giving in and doing what the voices say is there is no guarantee that once you do that, they will live up to their end of the bargain. Once the voices know you can crack under pressure, they may have even more dreadful and gruesome requests the next time you hear them in your head. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.